Welcome to the Village ZM. We are a youth-led podcast that focuses on the people of Zambia and how to navigate the problems faced as a country in order to create development. You are now listening to a recording of our live Twitter space with our guest, George Chomba, a seasoned journalist and head of research at Diamond Media. So we're here today to discuss the access to information bill. And to do that, we have a special guest with us today. We have Mr. George Chomba. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. George. Uh, Thank you very much. It's my pleasure as well to discuss this uh, topic, which we we have been discussing in the last uh, 20 years or so. Yes, a very long time indeed. Um, maybe you could introduce yourself to everyone. Tell us who you are, what you do, and what you have done. Uh, thank you very much. As you stated, my name is George Chomba. I started the profession of journalism when I was very young. From school, I never wanted to do anything but uh, act and uh, do theater and all those things. So my uncle told me, can you go and do journalism? Uh, so that you can improve your writing skills. Uh, So that's how I fell in love with uh, journalism. Because from there, I started writing. After that is when I did my certificate. My first point of work was in the Ministry of Information. Um, As a reporter, just a reporter. Uh, And then uh, I became district uh, information officer for a district. Um, after the Ministry of Information, I joined the Daily Mail where I rose from reporter to news editor, features editor, and uh, editorial editor. When I left uh, the Zambia Daily Mail, I went to the Daily Nation uh, where I was news editor for about two, three years. That was shortly before the PF came into power. And then uh, now I am with the dam on TV. I was head of news and current affairs. Then uh, last year, I decided I'm getting old. Now I'm director research so that I can help out with the young ones who are coming up in the profession so that uh, we don't leave a vacuum when the old age like us die out of the profession. So basically, I am director of research at. I'm on TV. Currently, for the next uh, 30 days, I'm doing a workshop for our reporters, just improving the writing skills. So that has been my journey in the journalism uh, profession. Okay, you have a lot of experience and definitely I know you have a lot to share with regards to information. And I think it's good that you're also preparing the up-and-coming journalists for when it's their turn to take over. So let's get right into today's topic. So for those who are listening and are not sure what the access to information bill is, um, I'm going to just give a brief, very brief history of it, what it's about and what the timeline is up to this point where we are. So in 2002, the bill was first introduced by the MMD and it went as far as the first reading in parliament. But it was withdrawn after that for further consultation. 
The bill then remained at the consultative stage for 10 years. In 2011, the Patriotic Front formed government and a task force was later created, constituting of a number of institutions like the Law Association of Zambia, the Media Institute of Southern Africa, Zambia Chapter, the Jesuit Center for Theological Reflections, and many others. In 2013, a ministerial statement was released announcing that the bill had been approved. However, it was advised by the Ministry of Justice through the minister that certain laws needed to be amended before the Access to Information Bill, which now or now just as the ATI Bill, was enacted. So the Ministry of Justice said that the Ministry of Information was in the process of consulting a legal expert on reviewing certain laws and gave them a month to do so. So this was done because it was discovered that there were certain laws that would be in conflict with the Access to Information Bill if it was enacted as law. And so hence the Ministry of Justice advised that the Ministry of Information engage a legal expert to identify other laws that would be in conflict with the bill once enacted law. So in February 2015, we fast forward 2015, the Minister of Information and Broadcasting at the time said that the government would table the ATI bill when Parliament resumed sitting on February 24th. But that session was then adjourned to March 27th, and the bill still wasn't presented during that session. March 2nd, 2015, the minister announced that the ATI bill was submitted to the Attorney General's office for clearance pending presentation to Parliament. March 27, 2015, the minister released a statement that unfortunately did not hint or indicate towards any plans to present the bill, and there was no update given on the process leading to the presentation of the bill. So the Media Institute of Southern Africa, MISA, the Zambia chapter, proposed measures to compel the government to present the ATI bill before the 2016 general elections, because now it was towards the end of 2015, the following year we're having elections, possibly a new political party would be taking over. So the Mesa Zambia gave government some measures that they requested that they follow, and some of these included creating a roadmap showing the timeline of the process leading up to the presentation of the bill, and they suggested government circulate revised versions of the draft bill to the public and other key stakeholders. The citizens also were asked to begin to demand for the immediate enactment of the bill, and they also suggested that the bill not be politicized by government. So much closer to us now, in 2020, Mr. Zambia released a documentary where they were sharing more on the ATI bill. And the Minister of Information at the time said that the ATI needs other pieces of legislature to be in place for it to go through. And these were policies such as the media policy, the communication policy, and the standards and ethics policy because this would sort of make it easier for the ATI bill to actually be enacted and for implementation to take place. So at the time, the minister said that the policies were going through the cabinet process for approval. So the media development policy was actually approved in July of 2020. So now here we are, this is 2022, good 20 years since the bill's first introduction in parliament and it still has not been enacted as law. According to an article dated January 27, 2022 on ZNBC's website, the Minister of Information said the ATI bill would be taken to parliament on 15th February 2022 when the session resumes. 27th February 2022, the JCTR demanded that the UPND government enact the law 
before June 2022, as it is among the reasons that Zambians entrusted them with power. So we are now 20 years since the introduction of the ATI bill. So as a journalist who's done a lot of work in journalism, how much would you say you've covered this topic in the past? Or what would you say the weight has been like since the introduction of the bill? Oh, thank you very much. Uh, uh, you have elaborated that uh, this is a bill which has been from drawer to drawer, uh, shelf to shelf. Let me just uh, say this. Um, when there was procrastination in terms of introducing the bill in parliament, actually, uh, Misa Zambia sponsored um, two opposition members of parliament. There was Sakwiba Skota and Deepak, actually. Those are the people who presented for the first uh, reading. So government is the one which said, no, 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 we are taking over the bills because these are good bills. That was access to information bill so that we can present it. Since that time, when it was first presented at first reading and it was withdrawn because government had indicated that no problem with it, so they wanted to take over so that the expenses and everything were borne by government. That's how now the government has been consulting for the last 20 years in terms of how do we go about this bill. So as usual, the media would be pushing. They would think a new government coming into power would drive the process so that we can have the access to information. But what happens is that it's like you have promised a child a sweet. After some time, what would happen is that uh, nothing happens in terms of presenting the bill, just like you have illustrated. Now, what has been the problem uh, of the access to information? Access to information has been considered as a law for journalists. When I can tell you that three quarters of the time, it's not the journalists who are going to use this piece of the legislation because access of information is a human right. Everybody in Zambia needs uh, the right to information. In fact, factual information so that they are able to decide or make informed decisions about how their money is used, how they are being managed as a country, whether the freedoms that they enshrined in the constitution is actually being practiced. So the citizenry in Zambia has left the access to information thinking that is the journalist. As a journalist, when I want to write an exclusive story, I might not even request government to give me the information. Uh, so what I would uh, implore Zambians is that uh, this is a bill which uh, the larger majority of Zambians uh, need and not just the journalists who, because they appear in the media or TV or in newspapers, they are the ones who need, it's, uh, it's supposed to be the public demanding uh, the right to know the governance issues in a country. So the media covers this as a, oh, the government has promised it's going to do that, or the opposition has promised it's going to enact a law, uh, the freedom of information or the access to information. Uh, but when uh, the new government notices that uh, there are certain uh, potholes or maybe there are certain landmines in presenting the bill before parliament, then they will slacken and then they will sleep. 
So that has been the journey of the access to the information. Okay, but when we say access to information for people who don't know, what information exactly are we trying to access? What's the information that we're interested in or we should be interested in? When we say access to information, you know the greatest meal of government is uh, normally the budget. The ruling party with the opposition who are in parliament, they are the ones who approve the budget. The people of Zambia would like to know how is their money being spent? So it's important that Zambians know, starting from the budget, it's also important that they know which private organizations are being engaged so that uh, they are the ones who are paid. For example, if you are a private road contractor, what is supposed to happen is, I'll give you an example of certain roads which were constructed just a few years ago. You know, there's supposed to be a warranty in terms of when you construct a road. You can say this road will last for 10 years. Some of the roads that we are having, they last for three months and then there are portals in those uh, in the roads. So if there was the access to information, or what would happen is that to make it easier for the public to ask for information in terms of this road contractor, who owns this company? What type of material did they use for the road to be damaged uh, in a, a short space of time instead of the people enjoying their rights to a good road uh, or good service, uh, so to say. So all the information that is in public interest, not just the roads, you don't preempt anything in terms of access to information, but it's the information where it is going to help the people make the right choices. It's not the information which is going to infringe on another person's uh, rights, but it's information which will help the citizens to make uh, informed uh, discourse in terms of public affairs so that uh, you promote democracy, you promote uh, generally good governance of what government is doing. It's not an individual where you want to scrutinize the health of somebody because unless the health of somebody maybe is infringing on the right to service delivery, so it's all about promoting democracy, accountability, and uh, whatever goes with good governance. That is the access to information. That is the information that you are asking the government to provide to you as a citizen. That is the information that you are asking a private company which is dealing with government business to provide to you so that you can know how to deal with the uh, a mala administration, a bad uh, a decision making. So that is the access to information. Okay, thank you for answering that in depth. I made mention earlier about the policies that were introduced by the Ministry of Information in 2020, the media policy, the communication policy, and the standard and ethics policy. What would these policies do or what would be the benefit of these policies being put in place before the the bill is enacted? What exactly do these policies aim to regulate? Well, when government issues a, a statement, 
what I can tell you is that uh, the policy on information, media development, and um, um, generally, uh, that is to improve their communication with the public. That is government uh, policy on how the ministries are going to disseminate their information to the public, how they want the media to operate. But what I can tell you is that uh, all media organizations, they have got their own editorial policy. So although the government would like the media to report in a certain way, all media organizations, they have got their own policy in terms of uh, how they want to handle their news, how they want to handle their current affairs. As long as they are within the law, they wouldn't follow the communication guidelines of what maybe the government is trying to do. So those were good pieces of legislation. The intention by government to develop the media, but necessarily they wouldn't interfere with, with the operation of a private organization, like, for example, Diamond TV. We know what to do within the law. So government would develop a policy on how government is trying to communicate with the public. We would buy into those policies according to how we, are, we feel we are going to benefit from what the communication process is, but they wouldn't direct. So we know government intention through those pieces of uh, the policies, but the only piece where we would say is lacking is trying to put in place, instead of having a policy, but having a law which is going to support those policies that they will do, because you can divert a policy because there is nothing which is holding government accountable through a law. A policy can be introduced, but over time, the same policy can be abused. So government intention of developing the media is uh, good according to the policy, but is there a law which is going to support those uh, policies that they are, they are they are intend to do? The answer is no. Uh, that's why you have seen that uh, instead of pushing the access to information in parliament, what happens is that they would rather develop uh, a media policy on the development of the media. So, yes, they in some way gives government intentions written by experts. But what about the political will to take these pieces of legislation to parliament? There isn't. We are not trying to criticize the new government. But what we are saying, we are going to see whether this government is interested in developing the media through the access to the information, if it is going to be presented. Right now, there are no praises for this government in terms of the access to information, because we haven't seen it even on the order paper or on the floor of parliament. So let's wait and see. They say the test of the pudding is in what? in the eating. So we are waiting until we eat the pudding, and then we are going to give them a pat on the back. That was actually going to be my, my next question as to what do you expect? Do you expect, like, I hope that they'll do it soon because it's been 20 years. What's to say the next, you know, five years will be the ones that actually make a difference. But of course, we do hope that the government that's there now will prioritize the ATI bill. But um, like we've mentioned already time and time again, that it's been 20 years since the bill was first introduced. So you've had different governments coming 
in and out and the bill still not being enacted as law. What would the impact of the bill be on government transparency and the fight against corruptions in government institutions? Maybe you could give us your perspective on this in the context of people who may choose to come forward with certain information if and when irregularities occur in institutions. At the moment, what I can tell you, we have the whistleblower's law, uh, which people can use. We have the Anti-Corruption Commission. Uh, if you have information, credible information, and you don't just want to malign anybody, you can report to the Anti-Corruption Commission. The whistleblower's law can uh, protect you. But the access to information, like I've told you, it's not only for journalists, but it's for the public. It will improve on accountability. Because what will happen is that even the institutions with the reporting agencies uh, in terms of government wings, they would know that this will be this information might be asked for. So let's prepare our records so that when we are asked about how we are going about some of these things, immediately we can report. So in terms of governance, in terms of democracy, you improve through provision of information. But let me tell you, as uh, my colleagues, as a person who has worked in the media for a long time, it might not be government's fault that they have been dragging their feet. The government's operation system is not up to date. Uh, you know, in the access to information or the freedom of information, when you are asking for certain information, it has to come in the form in which you have asked the reporting body. For example, uh, what would happen is that you would want information in form of uh, uh, what would you call uh, with the new technology. At first, what we needed was just paper. You want information typed on a paper form. This time, you might ask the government that would you give me information using uh, maybe... Twitter or using YouTube. Now, at the moment, I'm not seeing government being available to use the technology which is there. So this thing, the dragging and dragging you see, is because of the unpreparedness of government to implement or to modernize government because the young ones might not want to go and collect paper as response to what they have asked for in their day-to-day -day information. So there is uh, uh, information, the technology at the moment has advanced so much, but the ministries still remain in the old age. For example, you talk about the police. Do you think the police are ready to start using computers if you go to their uh, police station? And if you ask, can you give me through email the information you have had maybe for the past one month? They won't do it because that's when maybe they will start doing it. So this access to information, even if it has exemptions, I can tell you that uh, the technology that the government is using is outdated and they have to come to speed and they have to come to date with uh, what is supposed to happen. But the bottom line is there is always a first step and it would help in terms of democracy and accountability and enhance our democratic values, because we'll be given the right information. Thank you. Thank you so much.
what would you advise or now maybe like for the current government to do that you think would speed up the process or actually get it moving into the enactment of the ATI bill? Uh, simple. What I would uh, advise this uh, current government as a former civil servant is that uh, maybe the provisions in the act are outdated. We have been talking about this for the last uh, 20 years uh, or so. Little consultation will be uh, appropriate in terms of before the submission of the law, you consult uh, people, uh, not only the journalists, because like I have said, is not intended only for the journalists. You, the interest groups uh, should be consulted so that uh, before it is taken to parliament, maybe some of the outdated pieces or clauses are removed. There is an addition so that you could have a smooth sailing. Uh, I'm not seeing this bill, even if this is a legislative uh, session in terms of meetings, I'm not seeing the ITI bill going to parliament anytime soon. So we can take that time in terms of consultation so that proper demands or proper reporting agencies, we also look at what a government has been referring to as pieces of legislation which can infringe or which can work against the freedom of information in terms of revising. If you go back just a few, few weeks ago, the Zambia Law Development Agency did um, release a report on the review of the penal code and the criminal justice system. If people can read that and also look at the access to information, there are certain things that we can borrow from there so that we can have a smooth selling piece of legislation. To rush it at the moment, I see a danger that it will be back and forth. But uh, if the government is interested and the government is uh, willing and there's political will, let's convene a meeting where stakeholders can discuss the access to the information bill uh, or proposal, so to say. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, this is my last question before I hand over to Malimba. Uh, the Misa Zambia chapter in 2016, they proposed measures that were put in place to compel the government to present the ATI bill before 2016 at the time. And one yes. of the measures was appealing to citizens to begin to demand for the immediate enactment of the bill. How do you think that would be done by citizens? What do you think is the best way we could go about that? Well, protests are becoming common. <laughs> I think it works both ways. What I would advise MISA is not to encourage citizens to start demanding, to encourage anybody to protest anything. There are two ways that you make the laws that we know. There is a private member's motion, like we are talking about 2002. It's the opposition. MISA gave the, the bills to the opposition to present them in parliament. And this is allowed in a democracy like Zambia. What MISA is uh, supposed to do is draft the access to information bills and give them to the opposition who can rise on the floor of the house and propose, we want to bring this by starting with a motion, 
a motion, a private member's motion can be done. There is always space on Wednesday. If you look at parliamentary procedure, on Wednesday, the speaker is going to ask. That is around 19 hours. 19 hours to 20 always. That space is left for any motion. It can be a private member's motion or it can be a government bill. That is provided for, which is normally never done because people think that only the government is supposed to introduce laws. It's not like that. Independent members of parliament can do it. In, uh, opposition members of parliament can do it. But our parliamentarians believe that only government. Yes, it's expensive on the part of the opposition. But with will from the organization, the media bodies, other interest groups, they can sponsor opposition members of parliament to introduce a bill in the parliament by starting with a motion whether government is interested in introducing the access to information. Later on, you present the bill like it was done 20 years ago, and you see government reaction. Leaving it to government, they will take their time because they will know we are not interested in moving forward. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you answering all my questions. I'm pretty sure everyone here has learned more about the access to information bill. So now I will hand over to Malimba, who I know has maybe one or two more questions for you. And he'll take over from here. Yeah, thanks, Wanani. So my first question is, if I take us back to that brief history Wanani was talking about, in 2013, there was a task force of about six institutions. And um, later, in 2016, one of these institutions comes and releases proposed measures that they hope the government will comply to before the 2016 elections. And um, if you go 2022, JCTR, which is also one of those, demands from government that the laws are enacted before June 2022. So for me, I'm just wondering, because as far as I'm concerned, what I would expect is that there's constant consultation with these stakeholders and not just preliminary consultation because it's like they discuss with the stakeholders and then they leave them out of the rest of the process and don't really go back to them. Yes, government can consult, but sometimes government would like to hide certain information. It's up to us as citizens as well to always knock on the door, especially for the new government which maybe at a certain point could have promised that we are going to give you the access to information. It's not just the government trying to maybe talk to the people because government, the language of government is always that we are going to enact. That's what they say. And when they say that we are going to enact, we are going to enact, if you sit down, it becomes a problem. What is supposed to happen is that it's a two-way thing. If government is promising you they are going to do something, you should also go back and ask them when you are going to do it. What are the timelines? What is the timetable? So the constant consultation shouldn't be a one-way system when government is promising. When you are promised a suite, in our language, a child, when you promise a child a suite, a child will always ask you, is it today we are going to have that suite? And if the child now knows you are lying, that's when they give up and they stop asking you. So over the access to information law, the proposed bill, 
they just like JCTR also is pushing, the MISA is pushing, other organizations should be pushing so that when government is hearing this pushing from here, pushing from there, pushing from everywhere, what would happen is that they would say, let's make them please shut up. That's when they are going to take the bill. So let's put some pressure on the body so that he can fix it. Uh, so we shouldn't tire in asking for the access to information. So again, it's not only for the journalists, but for the good of democracy. Yeah, that's true. But what I was trying to say is that, because I think maybe when your connection cut, you didn't get my question. So my question was more about the fact that these are the stakeholders that they said that they would consult. This is the task force, the people who are coming together and putting their heads together to make sure that this law is done, is passed in the right way. So why is it that the same people in, who have been in this task force now are the ones who are releasing proposed measures and more or less giving government an ultimatum to actually get this thing done when they're the ones who are, they are more or less part of the process. So is it that they end up being left out of the process after preliminary consultation or? Let me just explain uh, the process of the bill. Government will always consult people uh, before the bill goes to cabinet for approval. So what would happen is that the consultative process will take off, that is uh, having public meetings, uh, asking experts and uh, all the other people. When it goes to the Ministry of Justice, it becomes uh, towards the end of the process in terms of the legal brains are going to put in whatever they want in the bill before it is presented to cabinet. Now, at cabinet level, Nobody is present there as journalists. You don't go to cabinet to go and tell them what is supposed to happen. So JCTR could have been in the task force and all these organizations. But once this thing reaches cabinet, it's the government now taking the draft bill in their hands and putting whatever they think, the commas, the full stop, and all those things. The only time that the public is engaged, like JCTR, is when the draft bill goes in parliament and there is the first reading. At that point, the public, the only thing they will read is the first reading and maybe the now it's even nice that uh, the bill can be on the website of parliament. When it goes to second reading, that's when now the public is invited. Now, when you hear interest groups like CTR, Misa Zambia, Talking about the bill, they are just trying to put pressure on government to ensure that what was contained in the bill is not sidelined in the process of lawmaking. But what I can tell you again, why this pressure should be constant, and most of the times, the same people who are in the pressure group, they should continue talking. Because after the second reading, government can do their will, whatever they want. That is, you can go and submit before the committee of parliament. But government, if they want to put punitive clauses in the bill, after you have submitted, they can throw away all your submissions and only carry their will as government, as long as they have the two-third majority at third reading to pass the law to the president so that it's assented to. 
So the pressure, when you hear the people who are in the task force are also talking, it's good for democracy, it's good for the public, and it's good for the media. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. And then my final question, I'm, I'm sure the, the answer could be brief on this one. So do you think that maybe this time, in case the UPND government intends to restart the process, do you think maybe they should engage with more stakeholders than these six? Or maybe they should say, okay, you know what, instead of using the task force approach, let's get opinions from the public and treat even the other stakeholders' opinions just equally, you know, the same way we, we treat other citizens. You are right. You are right that the UPND haven't made any law at the moment regarding the access to information. They might rush something, which is a booby trap. They don't know it, and then they rush it. They need to own the process. We don't want a process where they will come back and say, no, we rushed the process because, you know, it is 20 years we didn't look through this bill. They should study the access to information and own the process or own the law so that five years from now or four years from now, they shouldn't blame anybody for having drafted the access to information. It's very important. Whatever laws they are now enacting or putting through the parliamentary table, they should own the laws because they are the government. They are the one who will be answerable to some of the things that they should do. So it's not a matter of just pushing in a law just because it has been on the table for the last 20 years. The Minister of Information, the Minister of Justice, and all stakeholders at cabinet level and the president, they should know what they are passing. I wouldn't encourage where they just say, let's have it, let's have it, and it goes. So the consultative process should be there so that they are answerable, so that they can answer to whatever they agree upon. Okay, before I conclude, does anyone have any final remarks? Okay, uh, starting with our guest. Mr. Chomba, do you have any final remarks before we conclude? Well, uh, my final remarks, I can say let's continue pushing, but let's have uh, a good piece of legislation so that we can own it and everybody else can own it so that we enjoy our democracy. Thank you. Thank you so much. We have uh, learned so much from you, Mr. Chomba, and uh, hopefully we'll be engaging with you on uh, many other issues. Thank you very much. All right. Um, Wanani, do you have any final remarks before I close the space? Um, no, just to thank you to everyone for joining us and to our guests also for allowing us to ask him all the questions we had and for generously sharing everything we today. Yeah, okay, with that being said, thank you everyone for listening. Please give our The Village ZDM page a follow. In our bio, we have the link to our podcast. You can listen to different episodes we have. In case you join this late, we're going to upload this later as well. And um, yeah, We'll see you next time uh, when we have another Twitter space or you hear us on a podcast episode. Thank you very much. Good evening.
Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Village ZM to stay in the loop, know what's going on, and be informed of when our next Twitter space will be so that you can be a part of that conversation. For now, it's goodbye.